Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I'm Web, your host. My name is Nikki and I am a witch. Hi, I'm your other host. My name is Jade. I'm also a witch. So uh, for anyone new who came in because this is a new show, welcome. Hi, we're witches. For everyone who's been here before, hey. Thanks for sticking around. Right? Like you know, still love you. And I see you're still here. How are you? Uh, but we are about to start our new show, which we've been promising to start for like months, maybe a year, uh, which is The Secret Circle, the classic CW hit. Which honestly, one part of the reason why it got delayed a while, um, we couldn't find how to watch the damn thing. Originally, when the listener suggested it, um, did a little research, found out basically like, oh, just buy the DVD on Amazon. Fine. Not going to order right now, just in case we change our minds. And then like a couple weeks later, nope, we're just going to do it. Let's order those DVDs out of stock. No expected restock date. Hmm. Helpful. So a little bit long rant. Uh either on the mobile app or on your computer, you can watch these shows. Um, CW Seed is their outlet. Not the regular CW, CW Seed has these episodes. All 22 of them. So I, I'm really, I was honestly kind of bummed we couldn't buy it on DVD. I still love a good DVD. Um, I have like all of Parks and Rec on DVD. I have the first season of Charmed on DVD. I'm currently trying to buy all of Star Trek on DVD because you know what, Paramount Plus, I am not about you. So I was like all downed by this on DVD when we were talking about it. And we're like, yeah, we'll just order it on Amazon. It was a fair price. Uh, then we something came up. We were just going about our lives. And then never again could we find this show on DVD. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thankfully we found it on CW Seed, so it is one season. We're we're gonna go for it, and unlike which is the end, which we did a couple seasons ago for us in our lives, like before we did second season of uh, Motherland Fort Salem. If you want to go listen to that? It's a great time. I have never seen this show before. So this isn't like any kind of a rewatch for me. This is just like going in blind and figuring it out and seeing what I see. Committing to doing a podcast about it. Same. And honestly, okay, so this this episode, I think it's just because it's called Pilot. Just fun fact for you, because if season you recall, one. like, yeah, season one, back in the day, it was, it's Pilot. Um. I believe, I believe Witches of East End was the same. It was, yes. Yeah. So also, fun fact, people, this came out in 2011. September 2011. Oh, man. Ran through May 2012. What a year. Crazy. Uh, so because it's a pilot, though, they cram it all in at the beginning, which is kind of a lot for writing notes starting on the podcast um not a fan of it i'll say i'm excited to watch the show but this episode and i think honestly i told my husband 
near the end of this episode. I think if this was like just like six years ago, I would have really been into it because I do love these sort of teen drama, dumb, delightful TV shows. Vampire Diaries, uh, Teenage Werewolf, all those. Yeah. I thought actually the exact same thing. And not saying I'm not into it now. Like, spoiler alert, I had a great time. Uh, <laughs> which I'm is invested shocking. now. Yeah. yeah. But for those who listened to my second season of uh, Motherland Fort Salem, I am like the gloomy cloud on the horizon. And this pilot episode, I was, I had a great time. Spoilers. It was fun. But I was thinking, because I also looked up the years and I was like, oh, it was like 2011, 2012, which means we were graduating high school. And I'm like, man, if I had found this show back then, I would have been obsessed. <laughs> I would have lost my shit. No, our group would have watched that instead of Sherlock, I bet you. Oh, religiously. Also at this time, though, we were on a pretty deep charmed binge. True. So I, I understand why we weren't watching stuff that was coming out on the CW. We had the 90s to worry about. But yeah, I I agree with you completely. This had that vibe. I felt the nostalgia. I was I was there for it. Like it started. I was like, oh baby. Yes. And it it, it brought me back to like my teenage, my teenage years. And I really enjoyed that. Which were only like 10 years ago, but still. <laughs> Yeah, they followed me a little bit farther, but I agree. Uh, so did mine. Um, I mean, like if we're actually looking at our birthdays, you know, like it wasn't that long ago, and they definitely lasted farther. And the fact that I got such joy off this episode means maybe they weren't over. Like <laughs> lives in your heart. It does. It's like the Hunger Games in that regard. I, it will never die. <laughs> Let's get to this episode. So again, Secret Circle, season one, the only one, uh, episode one, pilot. So we start off in classic teen drama fashion with narration over a car driving down a road. Again, already here for it. With basically the opening line saying... I didn't want you to have this life, my sweet Cassie. And then we see a blonde girl who is just jamming out in her car, driving down the highway, doing her, when a very aggressive, dare I say, douchebag driver behind her starts honking and flashing his headlights and then like revs up and illegally cuts her off, zooming around her as she's like, what the hell? fair reaction. I was immediately intrigued. I was like, yeah, what a fucking asshole. As this occurs, her tire blows out on her car. She kind of squeals to a stop, gets out, and the car that cut her off is still like not that far ahead of her up the road and is at a stop. And she kind of like looks towards the car because it's still there and is like, hey, waves her hands like, you want to help me then? 
And then the car drives off, leaving her stranded on the side of a road. We then cut to a woman in a house in a kitchen who is getting a phone call. This is established as the blonde girl in the car's mother. And fun fact, blonde girl in the car, I'm just going to say it now, even though they won't reveal it for a while. Her name is Cassie. This is Cassie. And this is her mother in the kitchen. Uh, Cassie's called her mom in the kitchen, tells her she has a flat. Her mom, classic mom moves, tells her to call AAA. I was like, shut up, mom. <laughs> Which is basically what Cassie says. So, yeah. yep. Yeah. Real I, vibe there. I felt that vibe. Um, I Cassie's like, I know how to change a flat. I do not. Way to go, Cassie. I would need AAA. You want Girl. to teach me how to change a flat? I will. Uh, her mom, it seems very sweet, says that she'll come pick her up then and they'll have the car towed. And... Cassie's like, what are you going to pick me up in, mom? Your car that has a flat tire on the side of the road? I loved this. I never thought they shared a car. It was somehow like perfect. I started chuckling. Yeah, it took me a hot moment because I was like, why does she have a car at home that also has a flat? Before I was like, oh, wait a minute. Cassie doesn't have her own car. They're sharing a car. It was great. Uh, her mom then says she'll just walk to go meet her then because she's nowhere on the side of the road alone at night. And it's not that far. Cassie said she was close to home. As she says she's about to go do this, her phone starts to cut out. And we can see outside of this house, the car from earlier, the creepy car, the asshole car, has pulled up in front of her mother's house. Uh, creepy guy. I just call him creepy guy at this point. Uh, walks out of the car and begins to spill like a plastic bottle of water on the road as he's walking closer to the house. And as this happens, all the sinks in the kitchen start to turn on and fill with water. I lost my shit. I think Motherland Fort Salem has ruined me. And I was like, practical everyday magic? No. And I was so excited. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. There's there's actual magic. Like good ass magic in here. I was I I had to kind of pause and just give that a good applaud. That's that's a good little effect they threw in there. I, I loved it. I, I dug it. Uh as Cassie's mom runs to start turning off the water and the sinks, the man outside drops the water bottle and pulls out a small box of matches, which he begins to light outside one by one. As this happens, all the burners on the stove in the kitchen start to turn on like full extreme TV style blast. I was freaking out so hard at this point. This was good shit. <laughs> like whatever for the water, but the fact that every single time he lights a match, the fire gets more intense and spreads. Oh my God. Like I almost orgasmed. <laughs> It was, it was really great. And uh, the mom starts trying to put out the fires, but spreads and starts kind of enveloping the house with all the water from the sinks, everything around. She like slips and falls and starts to try to crawl out. And as she's kind of trying to run to escape, you watch as the man outside just like pulls out like eight matches and strikes them simultaneously. 
and the house basically just blows up from the inside with a fireball quickly killing this woman this part did not make me orgasm it was I just feel like I need to clarify very it epic. was terrifying it was very epic I'm gonna give them this like again it's been a while I think since we've seen good magic displayed and this was still like I, I was in they got me I'm, I'm not gonna lie this was great we then cut to our opening intro which is like five seconds it's perfect it's great it's solid it's just the secret circle title like against a cloudy background in fun scripts there's like a creepy child lullaby being sung over the top and some like silhouetted crows fly by and that's it it was beautiful i loved it short and simple yeah i again it gave me witches of east end vibes they were very similar in that way uh we then get a fun text caption across the screen of one month later so we're skipping ahead everyone where cassie is kind of crying looking at the pacific ocean while leaning on her car the one that had the flat and then drives into a town which i did not write the town name down did you safe harbor washington i was about to say i remember it was in washington i was like she's in washington done she kind of drives through to a very cute house in a very cute little neighborhood. I dug it. And then a kind of slightly older woman comes running out to greet her. We are now introduced to Cassie's grandmother, who is taking custody of Cassie with her mother's death. Uh, they kind of go inside. And let me tell you, I kind of accidentally brought up earlier, this house has major charmed vibes. It's all this stained glass everywhere it's like the cute kind of victorian with a stained glass feel and i loved it i wanted this house i feel like at this point they knew their audience they're like hey you know what um people who like witches are probably into slightly victorian stained glass houses always and they're right they are completely right good job uh, Cassie is moving into her mom's old bedroom that her grandmother says she'll kind of clean out some of the old stuff. And this is where we kind of get a bit of an exposition dump where apparently Cassie's mom left this town fairly quickly after Cassie was born because shortly after Cassie was born, her dad died. And her mom didn't want to stay and didn't like to talk about it. So all she knows is that she used to live here and then she just didn't want to be here. It's kind of the end of that little exposition dump. Uh, later that night, we cut to Cassie, who looks like she just got out of the shower or something. She's just walking around the room in her little bathrobe. And this part actually made me laugh. This was so like iconic of its time. So she's going to go change, get a pajama top, and then she looks from her dresser and there's like a window directly behind her with curtains that are open. So she goes to close the curtains and lo and behold, the house next door has a window that looks directly into her window where there is just a casually shirtless man. Sexy man. <laughs> got the pecs, the abs, got the, that look. Mm. Mm -hmm. he was kind of posing like he was in an Abercrombie ad like I, yeah. I just kind of burst out laughing like I forgot that this was a thing 
Me too. It still made me laugh so hard. I was, I was got into it. I was like, yeah, girl, you do you. Like kind of Taylor Swift vibes, fearless album. Love it. Um, but it just, it was a throwback of its time. I was like, oh, right. Remember when this was like the cliche of like every CW show. It might still be. I don't watch CW much anymore. I feel like I do, but I can't remember at the moment. Pretty sure it is. It's classic. Glad, glad to see it's stuck its landing. Um, Cassie then kind of closes the curtains, a little flustered at this very sexy boy across the way that looked at her. Uh, she turns, you know, grabs a pajama shirt, puts it on, turns back around, and the curtains are open. Ah! Oh, no. Uh, the grandmother comes in, wishes her good night, and says that when her mom slept here, if she had trouble sleeping, she used to count the stars. Uh, this is kind of confusing to Cassie, but she wishes her good night, goes to bed, lays down, turns off the lights, and there's those little star geek decals all over the ceiling. And this was a nice little awe moment for me. I remember having those. Those were great. Me too. Right? Like, again, I was like, oh my god, I feel so, like, warm and cozy and comfy. Like, oh, memories. (laughs) Very cute. I loved it a lot. Cuts over. We're at the next morning. Cassie's going to school. She is currently meeting with Principal Chamberlain. Welcoming her. Uh... I didn't write down what they said. It's just typical welcome speech, basically. Cassie goes to uh, her locker. On the way there, there's good looking dude talking to sexy dude from window. Yeah, this show does a really bad job uh, giving us names off the bat. So a lot of people I kind of nicknamed. And as I like went along, I was like, oh, they have a name. (laughs) So actually, before this dude got named, he's just a brooding, cute guy in my notes. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is about it. He just looks like he's got that broody little face. Like, it's almost like baby goth, but it's not. It just, there's guyliner. There's guyliner. It- supposed to be natural, but makeup department put him in guyliner. It's a little bit of like... I mean, I just have him as random guy because I, I didn't know what to do with him. Um, it's a little bit like he's walking the edge of being grungy because he also has like the dark gray flannel and yeah, the kind of must hair and everything where I was like, he might he might be almost there to try to be like a skater boy or like grungy, but they didn't commit. So it was just like, oh, he's just like this random dude. <laughs> Random dude and shirtless Shirt- dude from window. Shirtless dude from window. Random I dude. already love shirtless dude from window. Just how <laughs> ridiculous he is. Okay. You do that. <laughs> I think it's weird. Nice to look at, buddy's weird. Red flags, man. Oh, this this whole show is red flags. Like. <laughs> True. Okay. Broody dude. Have you seen her yet? Shirtless dude. She got in yesterday. And she got in yesterday. And that's that. Just cracked me up how how simple 
how he was expecting so much more. And then we cut away to Cassie's trying to get into her locker and can't. I actually want to jump in just like really quickly here. This reminded me so much. Like in my head, I was just thinking of which is um, Motherland for Salem. Because we always said in Motherland for Salem how we have these really weird like 20 second scenes that then like cut away constantly. And this had the potential to be that because it was 20 seconds of these two people who are not named in a hallway of a new set that we just found. But I would say against Motherland for Salem, they did this correctly because the whole point of up to at least this point of the show, the whole vibe is that something is off in this town. And we're all supposed to feel that, including Cassie. So kind of like following her as this main, like out of the principal's office where these two random people we don't know are having this very cryptic conversation we don't understand, keeps us in this like loop before the harsh cut to like what Cassie actually does know. And I was like, this was good. This kept us like, what's going on here what's why is everything kind of off why are these guys being weird like it was good motherland fort salem wanted to be this and it wasn't (laughs) this is what happens when you have good old shows with the older formulas and new netflix writing I never thought I would give like a CW show like a round of applause about something like this. Like, good job, CW. Like if we hadn't picked apart Motherland Fort Salem so much, I don't think I ever would have realized because I like it when shows switch it up, but it turns out I don't like it when they switch it up like that. (laughs) Not that much. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to throw that in there because we just came off Motherland Fort Salem and I just like, I was sitting there like fuming on my bed as I was watching this. Like, ah! Thank you. Cassie can't open the lock. Two girls walk up, say hi. Don't introduce themselves. Basically, oh, you're new. You're hot. Gee, thanks. And then they walk away. No. Um, the one girl who's just doing all the talking, says, um... Try the lock again. Yeah. I was like, did she say something about the mom? But no, it doesn't matter. Um, try the lock again. And then walks away. And lo and behold, Cassie can open the lock. Uh, new girl comes over. Much more nice looking. Her name's Diana. It's so nice to have a character come up and introduce themselves immediately. I was so excited. She also introduces girl who said, try the lock. That's Faye. <laughs> yep. I was just about to say. The I, other I girl was... that was with Faye, we don't know yet, but baby steps. I mean, like Diana immediately endeared me to her just by giving me her name and another character's name. I was like, you are a star. Thank you. Diana welcomes her to town basically admits hey it's a small town yeah we all know everybody we all know the history also we all hang out at the boathouse after school feel free to join us sweet guess what the next cut is cassie arrives at the boathouse oh my god it's like they know how to edit something (laughs) (laughs) we're not gonna jump all over the place fucking crazy you mean we don't worry about what her grandma is doing if she's making tea or not and maybe having a phone call for 10 seconds no 
hey, we know how to make suspense with a continuous plot line, not the fact that we have to just cut around to random places to keep you in suspense. It's not a pan of fried mushrooms. What is this? These are all really deep that was symbolism. These are all very deep Motherland Fort Salem jokes, and I'm very sorry for anyone who came here just listen to Secret Circle and hasn't listened to Motherland Fort Salem. These are all right over your head. They're good jokes, trust me. We're funny. Okay. So at the boathouse, Cassie's looking for Diana. Doesn't see her. Dude comes up, starts talking to Cassie uh creepy and by dude we mean like adults yes but yeah he's like got a little not a beard per se not five o'clock shadows he's got scruff he looks a little unkempt uh automatically basically knows who she is or assume so he's correct because is- he was in love with her mom very accurate. I was about to say, it's also when we discover Cassie's mom's name is Amelia. Oh, I missed that. Yes, he recognizes her as Amelia's kid. And I was very, once again, immediately endeared to him, despite him being creepy and very unkept, where thank you for naming another character for me. <laughs> but she's dead. She's uh, dead, but yeah. we keep referencing her, so. Uh, also tells Cassie all their futures are written in the stars and it seems like he's going to go more into that and he's just very into her when uh, the bartender cuts him off because this dude starts pouring a drink uh, dad you're not supposed to be drinking until it's dinner time oh and wait the bartender's also broody gloomy kid from high school earlier what i'm also um 90 certain that's illegal he's 16 i don't think he can be tending a bar i don't know exactly because uh there's been a few states where you but couldn't drink because you still have to be like certified but also since it's a family business those have looser rules too but since the bar i don't know also, real tiny town. Who really cares? Oh, also, this town doesn't actually exist. Just fun fact for everybody. Oh, I didn't look it up. That's good to know. Uh, I looked it up because I was like, is this going to be like a... <sighs> what was the town in Twilight? Oh, I don't know. Whatever. I'm not a huge fan of Twilight. Anywho, so that town in Twilight is a real town. Um which always got me because like I'm originally from Tacoma and like we've gone up and down the Washington coast for a lot of vacations. So Forks, I think is the one in Twilight. Um, so when that town came up, I was like, this is a one stop light town. No story should take place here. <laughs> and then now thanks to the books and movies, it's a thing. It's a tourist trap. Oh, I believe it. So I was looking it up to see if this was the same situation. And it's not there. I didn't know the Twilight Town was real, but I knew the Native American tribe was real, that she made the werewolves. Um, Yeah. 
she was and, not actually creative about almost anything. I, I'm not here the to be literally mean. impossible parts. I'm not here to be mean to Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Meyer just wanted to write a book about glittery, glittery vampires and teenage love. Like, I, I feel like she gets too much hate. You know, she did it. As I said, this gave me warm, nostalgic vibes. I feel like Twilight kind of does the same for me where I'm just like, oh my God, this is so stupid. I love it. Um, even though I'm not a big Twilight fan. Uh, well, and I'm saying all this as a person who devoured all the books and did watch all the movies. There we go, then. Not as the biggest fan, but I've been through it all. Um, I, I just, I only knew the name American Tribe was real because um, I think there was like some lawsuits or something going on about their territory during this time. And there was like, um, a lot of money was donated to the tribe to help them through the publicity that Stephanie Meyer gave through her books. So it's like, there was That's this, a big win. Yeah, there was this win, but then there was this huge like conflict of it's like, did she like, you know, rip off a culture for her own benefit and profit, or like, did she bring awareness to a situation? It's a whole gray area situation. I really, honestly, do not feel comfortable judging in on. But that's the only reason I knew the tribe was real. <laughs> Interesting. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So yeah, tiny little town that doesn't actually exist. We're just going to excuse the fact that this teenager is a bartender. I I only thought he couldn't bartend because I remember when I applied for a part-time job in high school and I was 17, uh, they, they, the place I applied to, to be a waitress, um, they had a bar and they said, I could only wait the bar for hard alcohol if I was 18, which is why I was like, I think it's illegal for him to be waiting a full bar, but that's, that might be a California thing. So I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. I think it was the same in Iowa when I was there because I was looking into it. So it's over 18, but less than 21 at the time. But yeah, it was a while ago and I don't remember exactly. And also, oh, well. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Just something that, again, brought me back to my teenage years where I was like, hey, remember when I applied for that job? Crazy. Um, <laughs> remember uh, my highest aspiration was to be a waitress? <laughs> Crazy. Don't be slamming on waitresses like that. No, I mean, I, I wasn't saying it's not a good job. I was saying that was my highest aspiration at that point. And I think there's higher aspirations out there for everyone. So now you're so. slamming everybody who wants to be a waitress. Yes, yes, I am. Rude. <laughs> America will not work without their waitresses. It's very true. I still respect your wait staff, guys. I end up working fast food for like five years and hating my life and being so physically and mentally damaged from it. I can't come back. But that's neither here nor there. I still don't understand how we can get away with the fact that we pay them like half of minimum wage because they're expected to get so many tips. That's a bunch of bullshit, but we're going to move on before we go down that huge rabbit hole for 20 minutes. Yeah, we already talked about Native Tribes lawsuits. I feel like we got we to get out of here. <laughs> Bartender dude is Adam. Pretty sure his dad says it. Yes, we are uh, now introduced to him fully. This is Adam. Yeah. So tells Cassie, I said, anywhere, I'll bring you a menu in a moment. She sits. Faye and the other girl from this morning also just help themselves and sit with her. The other girl is now named as Melissa. We know nothing about Melissa. She is from Pilot, an ignored character. And she did Black Sails several years later. Just one back for you. Oh, 
I mean, my only fun fact is Faye, the actress who plays Faye, um, was in H2O, the Australian version, which I did devour for a while growing up. She is an Australian actress. It is very obvious in the show that she is not hiding her Australian accent well. And she just speaks a little funny where like her words feel very heavy when she says her lines. And then later in her acting career, she will be in the originals, the spinoff of Vampire Diaries that you brought up at the beginning of this episode. OMG. Full circle, man. Fucking loved her in the originals. I actually love this actress. I've obviously watched a lot of her shows. I was endeared. I'm happy she is here. Winning team. Uh, <laughs> funny how Secret Circle comes full circle. Did you get it? Did you get it? <laughs> I can't hold it together myself. No, please keep <laughs> making the social circle moment in the air. That will that will make this joke land. Just keep drawing a circle. Oh, I need to drink more. <laughs> this episode is delightful. If you cannot tell. <laughs> editing is going to be delightful oh it's so Uh, nice to have fun with the show again we've been so sad so the principal is face mom she can be a real bitch apparently don't let smile fool you they start pushing cassie towards adam which was weird oh he's so cute isn't he oh yeah um, I I honestly didn't find this weird. I knew a lot of girls in high school who I was acquaintances with, you know, I'd have a few classes with and we do group projects who would try to get me to go out with guys they thought I was either into or were into me. Despite the fact I spent no time with these guys and no time with these girls. And it oh. is a thing that happens. Well, it didn't happen to me. But also, I'm the fire personality who did that to others. But also, you lucky bitch. Um, it's the first day, and as far as we know, they talked this morning at the locker, and nothing until now. That's where it's weird. That's fair. Okay, Cassie though uncomfortable leaves. Also Doesn't like fair. them. Very fair. Uh, fake. It's the idea. Oh, she doesn't know. She's not. What? We'll we'll just push her over a little bit. Uh, by which she means she's gonna set Cassie's car on fire while Cassie's inside, and then Cassie can't get out. And then Adam rushes out. It starts to try to yank on her door, and then like gets that constipated look as he's looking <laughs> at the hood of the car, and he's doing magic, and he's turning taking the fire away and as all this is happening phase in the windows like saying like come on come on yeah like obviously waiting for cassie to do something and then she doesn't and thankfully adam gets there in time yeah i feel like uh, it like i know Faye is like kind of a bitch in this episode but again because i love the actress i feel like i keep needing to like come to her defense <laughs> Okay. It's is nothing to do with the character. It fully has to do with the fact that like I this actress is thoroughly ingrained in like my watching life of shows. Cuts over her. <laughs> Cuts over to Cassie and Adam sitting on the back of his truck. 
Bronco vehicle hatchback. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, sitting on the tail car, people. Like, and it's an older vehicle. I can tell it's old. I don't really know shit. I thought it was sort of Bronco-ish when it's seen later, but like in this scene, I have no idea what it is. Um, Cassie's just like still stunned from everything. Uh, Diana comes up. They have a little chit-chat. It's inconsequential. Basically, though, bottom line, tells Adam to take Cassie home. They tell Cassie that Diana and Adam are a couple, so like, chill girl, you don't have to worry about Adam all upon you. Like those girls implied. Um, Adam takes Cassie home, and they talk outside her grandma's house. Cassie's still confused by the fire. Uh, confused that the locks wouldn't open, she couldn't get out, just... It's not adding up. She doesn't know why. Adam thinks it's just the confusion. Tries to just placate her. Shut up, get out of my car in the nicest way possible. Because he, he seems to know like more, more happened, but not going to tell her that. Can't tell her that. This is also, I feel like I need to know this because I was like, wow, that's intense. Uh, we discover after he kind of tries to rationalize her and they kind of let the subject drop and instead just kind of chat for a minute. Uh, he apologizes for his dad. He kind of says that his dad has um, these flights of fancies that get worse when he drinks, yada, yada. But also, Diana and Adam have been dating each other for three years. They have been dating since they were 13. That is ridiculous. So when you say it like that, it sounds like it. But let me put this in perspective. At 13, I was starting high school. You were in high school. Yeah. I definitely had a boyfriend then. I, okay, I definitely. I did not have a boyfriend that long, but it was still a thing for some people. It's not completely unheard of. I think it's fine. I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to say this like it was weird that they were dating young or anything. I think it's strange that they've been dating since they're 13 and they're still together. Because I knew a lot of 13-year-olds that were dating people. None of these people are people they were dating at 16. There's a few that I knew. But anywho, also... Yeah, actually, there's only there's only one that I know that they got married and they're still together. Uh, we didn't go to school with them. Better in college, but um, anywho, yeah, I just thought it was impressive. Also, I was like, the wow, fact that it's a small fact. town and there's limited resources, I feel like that brings our chances up exponentially. Just saying, I will say that. That makes a fair point, though. And like you said, when we were freshmen in high school, you were dating at 13. And I didn't date in high school. Um, lots of reasons, but don't worry about it. Um, but also, by that point, I had basically been in school with the same, like, 50 guys since kindergarten. 
you know, like you hang out with someone that long, you're not going to date them. You're not going to date them. Like that's just done at that point. You know, it's like set. It's over. You're making my argument. Cause then if you are going to date them, you're You're going to date date them forever. No, that's, that's fair. But I think we came full circle. (laughs) Trot in the air. (laughs) But I feel like, cause I was on the opposite side of the spectrum that just like really hit me. It's like, Whoa. Uh, I just felt like we had to take note of it for those reasons. Being crazy. Sorry, I cut out like an entire chunk of that conversation they had because I guess I wasn't paying enough attention. (laughs) You didn't care enough about Adam's life. Nope. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, We then cut to Diana, who has arrived at Faye's house and is greeted by the principal. And she's like, hey, can I talk to Faye? And Faye kind of comes out and this is another part where I, I kind of had to laugh because I feel like we all just got to take this moment and realize what this show is. Uh, we are not being subtle with our stereotypes in the slightest. Uh, we got Cassie, our every girl who is kind of sad, who most people would overlook, but man, is she pretty. And just your every girl kind of likes books person. Then we have Faye, who is our self-proclaimed mean girl, who's going to wear a lot of mini skirts and a lot of strapless shirts and kind of saunter through all these scenes. And then we have Diana, who is our preppy good girl, who's going to wear a lot of collared shirts and sweater vests. And I feel like we need to acknowledge that that happened and that's how the CW writes people. And then we have Melissa who is also our only person of color character who we know absolutely nothing about. Who then later goes on to be in Black Sails. Happy to hear it, (laughs) because she's also the only person of color in this entire episode. And the lack of diversity is something I feel like we should note, but I'm not going to harp on, as this was 2011. We did not expect much from the CW. That's where we were at. Also... Um, it just came to my notice. I believe I missaw the town name. Oh, swear to good golly gosh, I saw Safe Harbor, but looking something up, it's Chance Harbor. Sure. Still doesn't exist, but good to know. Just a little little clerical error there. No, good to know, because I, I didn't write it down at all. I just knew we were in Washington. Um, anyway, so we have Diana who's shown up to see Faye. The obvious you're of one person and I'm of another is depicted as they start talking on the deck of this house. And basically Diana calls out Faye for being reckless that she shouldn't have done what she did to Cassie's car. Faye says it was just a test and that she didn't mean for it to get out of hand. She didn't think the car would blow up when she reached out, something happened and it kind of escalated the situation. And that everything Diana has said about the circle is true. Diana then basically kind of gets up in her face and warns her not to push her. They are not going to test things. They are going to take this slowly and figure it out and let Cassie kind of come to them. Faye's like, are you trying to threaten me? And then basically just walks back inside. 
He is so stuck up in this scene. I could not believe it. I mean, it could. If we're talking characters, I don't like Diana or Faye. They both seem like they've got a bee in their bonnet. I haven't heard that saying in a while. (laughs) My mom uses it a lot. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, But yes, this is just to also reaffirm that there is tension brewing in the town. We then cut back to Cassie, who looks like she's going to bed after the day that she has had. And as she's laying down, turns off the lights, looks up at all the cute little star decals, and they begin to move and glow brighter. Ah! Yeah, it was actually a pretty good effect for 2011. I was like, oh my god, good job, guys! Uh... She freaks out, immediately turns back on the lamp, looks up, and everything seems fine. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, cut to the next morning where Cassie comes running downstairs looking for her grandma. There's a note saying that she went to town. Cassie goes to town then looking for her and is just kind of wandering the downtown area looking in the shops when we meet Creepy Guy, who now has a name. This is creepy guy from the house, from the car, from earlier, from the beginning of this episode, but he shall now be known as Charles. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Charles gonna make introduced- a joke about the, sorry, going to make a joke about the name, but then, uh, never mind. It wouldn't land, yeah. Uh, Charles introduces himself to Cassie, says, you know, it's a small town. He knew her mom. He knew his, he knows her grandma, how she adjusting, yada, yada. When Diana comes running up and it seems excited to see Cassie and we find out that Charles is Diana's father. Oh no! Uh, Charles then says that he'll just kind of leave them to their day as Diana goes for a walk with Cassie as Cassie kind of tells Diana that she's looking for her grandma and if she's seen her. And as they're walking, looking through the downtown, Cassie kind of, I guess, confides in her that she feels like she's going a little crazy, like things keep happening that she's uncertain about. The town feels a bit like a twilight zone and she just needs to find her grandma to maybe explain it. Diana seems very flustered by all this, doesn't, doesn't really know how to say what to do. But then we cut to the grandmother who is on the docks uh, where she approaches the principal, Faye's mother, who seems to just be getting coffee from like this little like pop-up like restaurant on the docks. It was cute. I liked it. Miami Bodega Bay. I was into it. Uh, The grandmother then tells this principal about how Cassie's card caught fire and she remembers things like that happening 16 years ago or so. And they kind of lean into each other as she asks the principal if the kids are practicing. The principal immediately says, no, I would know I'm around them all the time. Um, I've, we kept them away from it. We, we would know if they were up to anything. And they kind of nod to each other as they decide, uh, the grandmother saying that we can't have what happened last time happen again. Where we cut out of the scene So again, intrigue, things being learned, things being said. 
And again, this was a good like 20 second cut. They're making, they're making good use of these small scenes to really build the tension. Like I'm pretty impressed by them. Plus I think the grandmother is just a really good actress. So cuts over to Diana is leading Cassie to an abandoned house straight up out of the woods. Not creepy at all. Yeah, this is the <laughs> moment where I was like, Cassie is very trusting. <laughs> yeah. Bay is already there. Cassie's hackle started, you know, seemed to raise metaphorically. Plus the dude from the window comes down, introduces himself as Nick. And then Adam pops up and then Melissa pops out and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Uh, they're sort of arguing in between themselves basically though comes out well we have to tell her she has the right to know who she is diana's against it at the moment not like this but we're doing it she has the right so flay flay Fay bursts out she's a hundred percent witch hundred percent that witch you're a witch cassie Turns out they all are. They're all witches. Cassie can't believe it. Uh, they launch into the history. Basically, and I'm, I'm a little bit confused at, just at this point. They all come from very ancient wish lines. They've all been... Uh, you know, th- they need the six of them to complete the circle. Um, they've always been very intermingled because of that. Some like um, incest babies, because especially they said this has been happening since you know since 1692. They just casually throw that out. So if you who have listened for a while recall, that's when the Salem witch trial started. So were they in in Massachusetts for that? Because it sounds like they've been in Washington as witches since 1692, which is. Not how that would work. I don't quite think. I have some theories, but it they come up a bit more after some of the following scenes. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna have quite a few things. I got a few things that I want to circle back to once we get to the end. And there's uh other reveals. Yeah, we, we can leave the theories till the end because I have I have a theory. Perfect bookmark that circle around pin in that <laughs> uh, i just made the circle symbol again on the screen that's my theme for tonight please gotta stop making that joke we gotta come up with new jokes but i'm killing it oh no that's fair it's fair <laughs> So because they're full circle now that Cassie's come back to town, uh, they have, like, they just could just do basic spells before, and now they can do real magic. But they have to do a binding spell so they can basically stabilize all their powers. Well, you know, big surprise. Cassie's just learning about it. She thinks they're crazy. Uh, She doesn't want any part of it. Valid. Oh, also fun thing we discover is each of their family lines has kept an ancestral magic book that they want Cassie to try to find hers that maybe her mother had left. 
uh, Diana is the only one of the group who has found hers, which is why she's kind of taken on this like leadership role of the group. That's yeah, that's sort of an important detail. I'm sorry, I left that out. Thank you. You're welcome. Cassie doesn't want any part to do with this, uh, but they all warn her like, no, you can't really leave. You just you don't tell your grandmother because you are not supposed to be doing magic. Um, Parents can't find out about this. Yeah. Tell no one. Cassie runs away. Adam follows. Tells her basically something went wrong with the last generation because of the accident. Magic got abolished, which is why she can't tell her grandma. She can't tell anyone. Uh, turns out they've all lost a parent. So Cassie is now the only one that has lost both of her parents. But everyone, yeah, everyone in the circle has lost at least one parent. Which I found very interesting. But It is. Yeah. Uh, Adam shows Cassie how to do some small magic. So he has her focus on a leaf, which has some water on it. Feel the energies. Uh, repeat a drop of water as light as air. Doesn't work. Puts her hand on her hand, his hand on her hand. Little tingly sensation as their their magics mingle. <laughs> it was very sexual it. for yeah. such a scene. Um, I was like, the CW, my goodness. <laughs> not surprised at all, but yes. Um and then they repeat the chant and then she opens her eyes and there's a single drop of water just in between their faces at eye level just it came off the leaf floating midair and then they look around and they're surrounded by water droplets just floating in the air again got either of them good effect yeah I was impressed beautiful scene yeah it was gorgeous it was gorgeous i mean anytime you film anything that's supposed to be like in Washington, and I bet you anything this was filmed in Canada, um, you have that beautiful, like, green backdrop, which just makes for very striking, like, full landscape scenes, so. Very true. Uh, Adam is wrapped up in the moment and tries to kiss Cassie. He goes for it! He just he goes does. for he, it! Yep. Uh, which breaks the spell Cassie's freaked out, runs away. I th- I would say on Cassie, rightfully so. Yeah. Like I, Again, I was legitimately valid. shocked he went for it. Like it started happening, and like Cassie's kind of a neutral party, and he's like, he's initiating. He is going for it. And I was like, Adam, Adam, no. Like, Adam, you have a girlfriend for three years. Yeah. Like you met this girl yesterday. Adam, no. Like it. I was expecting more of a slow burn, I guess, for them. And no, they just went for it. Pilot episode, this is what's happening. Because it's the pilot. We got to just throw everything at the wall and hope it sticks. Someone please pick us up. Yeah. Um, Diana is upset with Adam that he did magic with Cass. The group is just arguing over next steps, how they could have gotten better, just little chaos quick scene not super important cuts away 
Um, all you really need to know is everyone's going to go looking for Cassie because with her on the loose and their magic multiplied tenfold, it's kind of dangerous. And also they want to make sure she doesn't tell her grandma. But Faye is like, fuck you all. I'm going to go do me and wanders off on her own. That was the only like big takeaway. And then Faye starts some shit by basically calling out Adam for being doing such an intimate act with Cassie and it's supposed to play off, be played off like Faye's a bitch for being like calling out Adam for like doing so much magic with Cassie but like Faye's right she's on the right track she wasn't there he tried to kiss her like I thought it was funny I obviously didn't because I didn't care enough because I didn't care enough. Glossed over I just, it. I thought it was funny because yes, it was obviously it, supposed to be played of like, why is Faye trying to start something? I was like, yeah, why is Faye speaking so much truth? Like, my God. <laughs> yep. So we cut to um, Adam's dad who's drinking at the boathouse in one of the booths. Cassie shows up, she comes running in, and basically sits down across from him and starts to ask about Amelia, her mom. She kind of lays it back down where she's like, you said you knew her, you said you loved her, like, what what happened before, why'd she leave, why didn't you guys, like, why weren't you guys together, yada, yada, yada. Um, to which Adam's dad reiterates that uh, they're written in the stars and says that he says not to mess with fate bad things will happen she looks kind of puzzled and asks what he means and he then starts to say your father was a bad man and is immediately cut off by charlie diana's father who comes in and is just like hey uh, hey 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 what you talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the day um adam comes in behind him and asks like if they could talk like if she could just like not keep running from them and cassie runs away um we then cut to faye who is walking down the docks and every like sailboat she passes on the pier that has lights on like the lights go out every time she walks past it as Faye is just living her best life right now and I like low-key respect it <laughs> um as she gets to the edge of the dock she kind of stands and looks at the ocean and out to the sky and is just like sky come to me and lightning begins to strike on the horizon as thunder and storm clouds start to roll in Again, I also kind of be. (laughs) She asks the sky to give her a sign and then the lightning and thunder start. I, again, I want to be angry at her because like how reckless, but dude, I would do the same. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I understand when you get the new power, it's like, I'm gonna call a storm. Yeah, right? I understand the temptation. You just want to. But at the same time, I'm just like... (laughs) This is so overblown. Us as like, but us as like, you know, late 20s witches are like, Faye, don't do it. Us as like 17-year-old witches, oh baby, would we have done it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this part, yeah. 
Yeah, I know we would have. So uh shut yeah. up. Blah, blah. Don't call me out like that. I I know us, you know, it is <laughs> what it is. Like I was like, I respect it. It is I was fine. Um, we then cut back to Cassie, who's kind of standing on the piers once more, where Diana finds her. Uh, Diana tries to kind of reiterate what Adam said, where she explains that something went wrong last generation, and that's why their parents have been hiding magic from them and basically won't let them practice, so they need to, like, hide the circle from her parents. Cassie kind of turns back to her and says that her mom didn't want this life for her, which Diana nods to before Cassie starting to cry. It was actually pretty sad kind of just start saying, why didn't she tell me? That's, that's kind of a big part of her life. Why did she share that with me? Yeah, that's, that's really, that's rough. And like, we had one scene with Cassie's mom, like before she died, but there is this vibe going out throughout this entire episode that like Cassie and her mom were very close, like extremely close. I, I would say like Gilmore Girls level. So this is obviously just crushing to Cassie and it's portrayed very well. And I was impressed. Uh, We cut back to the edge of the dock where Faye begins to summon rain and a storm just begins to fall down upon them. As the storm comes rolling in, Diana notices it, leaves Cassie and goes running up to Faye at the edge of the docks and tells her to stop the storm, stop doing this. She doesn't know what she's doing. Uh, and then the storm just kind of blows her over because it's getting really intense and there's like wind and lightning striking everywhere and uh, she falls down Faye comes running up to her helps her stand back up says she'll stop the storm but she can't because she's Faye and she's reckless and she doesn't know how so the storm begins to spin out of control around them and then lo and behold here comes Cassie just walking down the docks as a Cassie does and she through pure will and a couple words is able to stop the storm from blowing as its rain stops and it begins to dissipate they gee she is actually powerful oh my god this is like this is like a classic again cw moment where it's like all right cw let's okay uh, Faye and Diana thank her and are really excited that she was able to stop it. And to which Cassie turns to them and says she doesn't want any part of this. And starts walking back away. Okay. A lot of this episode is Cassie just walking away from conversations. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this now is where I really had issues with Faye and the Storm. Um, yeah, sure. New witches, new power. Call in a storm. Gotcha. When she keeps saying more and more, she's obviously fucking drunk with power. Um, I don't think we would have done that. Not that everybody doesn't, but I don't think we would have. Just saying. So that's when I was just like, mm, enough's enough. And then big surprise, she can't control it. Also, one thing that bugged me was just like, <sighs> so I've been appreciating this whole episode, how just like the casual use of magic. Um, I mean, really liked how the spilling water and the matches were like to like the beginning. That was great. But everything else is not necessarily spells. It's more just 
manipulation Mance. of the magic lines that you feel in your body. Mm-hmm. And then the storm to stop it, she basically just tells Storm, stop it. Stop it, Storm. And I really wanted her to like say a spell or something like that with. And of course, just fun fact, the reason it doesn't stop is because she doesn't have the emotional control over herself. So of course it's still feeding off that. Just fun fact in case you didn't spot that as a magic person. Because, you know, I'm kind of a mom when it comes to (laughs) your intentions and stuff like that. In case you haven't noticed, dear listeners. Um, I will say that it's kind of funny because we, I, I assume more like spells or material craft magic will come as the show goes on. Uh, but it's kind of funny because yeah these kind of say commands in like english which is kind of reminiscent of witches of east end but at least they had the decency to say it in latin well to sort of craft a little bit of spell work about it this is just more more stop it stop it no it's that's I was I was fine when it was the water droplets in the forest but the fact that it's a storm and you're just saying basically stop it come on I was disappointed that's that's very fair thank you anywho get off my high horse the show cuts over to Cassie's home soaking wet still uh just got caught up in a rainstorm grandma Grandma can tell she seems a little bit out of it. No, there's nothing wrong. Just, I just want to get out of these wet clothes. Goes upstairs. Uh, cuts over to Ethan. Drinking in her bar. It's dark. Charles comes in. Uh, we have a problem. You drink too much, and then you talk too much. And then he starts describing basically what it feels like to drown as he's magically drowning Ethan right there at the bar. This is also when we kind of discover that Adam's dad's name is Ethan. (laughs) Oh yeah, by the way, I'm sorry. I was thinking we already discovered this. This is Adam's dad. Yeah, They're at the boathouse, really. At the end of this episode, we'll do a name recap for everyone and myself. So, (laughs) Good idea. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, Ethan drowns. Charles walks out. Ethan's back alive. Yes, so he says cool. that this is your one final warning. Yeah. But there's a solid, like, four seconds where he's just staring there, beady-eyed, not breathing. So. It's that was creepy. lovely. Yeah. Um, cuts over to Adam visits Cassie at home. I like grandma here because I'm going to, I'll be in the kitchen, which is right there. I, I also love, cause when like Adam comes over and she calls Cassie down is like, you have a friend calling a friend who's calling very, very late at night. And I was like, what a mood, what a moment. I love it. <laughs> uh, Diana told Adam about the storm. 
Faye has always been a little unpredictable, basically. But uh, she asks if he's here to, I'm not going to join your cult. You stop trying to fence me. I'm not here for that. I just came to say sorry for what I did in the woods. And then he says other touchy-feely baloney and I didn't write it down because I was over it. Uh, basically, the whole bottom line is, I'm sorry. I am very much in love with Diana. I want to keep that relationship. You're new here. You don't know me. You don't want to date me. We're not going to do this. Not sure why I did it. It's not really happening. They That's agree it can't happen again. That's about yeah. it. Cuts over next to uh, the principal, Principal Chamberlain, coming home, starting to put the key in the lock, and the door just flies open. And Charles is behind her. Uh, turns out they're in league together. She's not being attacked. They're the villains. Uh, um, so he lured Cassie here, and he's worried that she's not going to do what they want. Principal reassures him, no, just by joining the circle, she's going to do exactly what they we want her to do. We don't know what that is yet, but all right. That's reassuring. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Uh, cuts over to Cass is getting in bed. The stars start to move. She doesn't freak out this time. She watches. And then as they move and get brighter and change a little bit, there's there's papers starting to rustle from a, a corner piece of the fireplace mantle. Which is like in her bedroom. I did not realize she had a fireplace in her bedroom. I was like, all right, you bougie bitch. Right? Washington's cold. <laughs> Anywho. Um, gets up, turns on the light, pulls out the little blockade it's her family spell book oh my gosh so she's looking through yeah you can see the spells and she finds a letter from her mom written when right before she fled town with cassie uh there's a bunch of stuff said short sweet but the things that came out to me was destiny is not easy to run from and well you know the fact that you're reading this obviously something bad happened to me sorry that uh destiny's not easy to run from uh you have crazy power and people will come for it this is also when they circle back around to uh something has obviously happened to me and this brings us full circle one would say to the beginning of the episode wait for my little break when i could say it this brings us full circle. Thank you. Uh, to the beginning of the episode with the narration over the top of I didn't want you to have this life. Beautiful. Two credits. It was good. I was I was pretty impressed. I was like, that was actually well done. I I was I was endeared. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like a roller coaster for me because I just felt very old at times because I wanted to slap some teenagers. But <laughs> at the same time, like I was thrilled because I love cheesy shows like this. 
Um, real quickly, overall, love the episode. Excited to watch more. I just really like the juxtaposition because I was thinking about this. Um, when we first meet Charles, when he's officially introduced. So Faye seems very dark and brooding while her mom seems very light and straight-laced as the principal and all. And then Diana seems very light and straight-laced because she definitely has that like president of student council vibe. That's what I was saying, like the preppy good girl vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we know for a fact that her dad's the one that killed Cassie's mom whose name I already forgot. Amelia. Thank you. I wanted to say Abigail and I knew that wasn't it. Other shit. Yep. But uh, yeah, I really like that juxtaposition. And then I'm, when I realized it, I was like, oh, does that mean that means we're going to have Faye be the good one and Diana's going to be the bad one. And then it was revealed that both their parents are basically in league as what seems to be the villains. So it's just going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. I have a feeling if I, of my years of watching TV, specifically teenage YA TV, has taught me anything, um, I have a feeling it's going to roll into those arcs of, these are just predictions. Again, I haven't seen the show. Um, it'll roll into those arcs of Faye having to choose between the circle and her mom. And I think she'll choose the circle and then Diana having to choose between the circle and her dad. And I think she's going to choose her dad. We shall see if I had to predict, uh, but end of episode wrap up. I feel like we should go through the characters because we just about to say 10,000 of them. So the main circle is led by our main character, more or less, who is Cassie, whose mother, Amelia is dead. We then have Diana who is our preppy, seems like president of the student council, uh, trying to lead the circle because she's the only one who has her magic book that we know of at this time, um, Diana. Under her, we also have Faye, our wild, unpredictable girl who summons storms and doesn't give a shit. Her seemingly best friend of the circle, Melissa, who we know nothing about, but she's around. And then we get into our guys. We only have two. We have Adam, who seems very excited to cheat on his girlfriend, Diana, with Cassie. And Nick, who is the shirtless guy who said about two lines this entire episode. I really thought going into this, he was going to be like love interest number one. And I was so wrong. He is just eye candy for the ratings. Yeah, Nick has done literally nothing at this point. We haven't even met one of his parents, which is why I will now name our parents. As I said earlier, we have Cassie's mom, who is now deceased, Amelia. Ethan, who is Adam's father, who was apparently in love with Amelia once upon a time. Charles, who is Diana's father, who killed Amelia and threatened to kill Ethan. And then Principal Chamberlain, who is Faye's mother, who is in cahoots with Charles in this whole killing spree. 
we also have a grandmother who I do not believe has a name at this point. And Jane. Jane is her name? Jane. I did, I did not know that. A grandmother of Cassie named Jane. <laughs> I believe that's all our named characters. And we get the impression, I got the impression, Grandma Jane uh, is the one who made sure that they abolish magic because she seems to be, you know, with calling out the principal. Yes. Uh, not only is it because it happened to her granddaughter, but I'm the last remaining head honcho for my generation. You guys fucked up. I broke you up. Let's keep it that way. Definitely. Um, also, this will bring me into my thoughts on your like incest, maybe. Oh, yes. Um, so when they said this goes back to 1692, I assume that they mean the families have moved all around because I'm assuming just from their looks that they are not Native Americans and we're not hanging out in Washington all along. So they're probably European or African or Asian continent based. Yeah, the fact that they put in 1692, like, obviously they have to be just referring to the Salem Witch Trials. I assume they were part of that and escape. But, like, I had... It's a fun wink-wink. Yeah, I had seen something, like, also questioning, like, oh, so they were in Washington before? And I was like, no, that's stupid. And then I was thinking, wait, is that what they're actually implying? So So I think probably they've moved to Washington, but probably stopped some places in between. Um, if you look at United States history, there, there was a lot going on. They could have gone anywhere. Um, but when you were like, is this incest? This is my other thought, which I may just try to think my way out of incest because incest is disgusting. I'm assuming that these children are all children of the six main families, but there's other witch families out there of lesser power and like similar to like noble families and nobility class where it would be like all these six are descendants of like emperor families, but they were probably marrying outside of those family lines to people who were just like duchesses and counts and shit like that. Um, Mostly so we can not have incest, but also because I'm assuming it was advantageous for other witch families to marry into these lines. Yes, that sounds quite logical. Um, I don't feel like that's what's implied by the episode, just because when Ethan is griping about um, Cassie's dad, he's the bad guy because he stole Amelia from him. But basically, he implies I don't think he i don't know if he directly says it but um that he and amelia ethan and amelia were destined by the stars to be together and then the dad came in and screwed that up but also he says in the next breath that adam and cassie are destined by the stars to be together so i was like oh is he is he implying like that sounds like he and amelia were supposed to get together and then Adam and Cassie were still supposed to be together. I think it's one of those like, oh, you meet death in one city, so you run away, and then you find death. Death finds you in the next city because that's where those old fables. I I, think that's what it's supposed to be. It's just Ethan uh, wished it was one way, and it was that it actually all played out how it was supposed to. 
I read it similar but differently. I didn't read it as in Dustin and the Stars. I read it as Star-Crossed, which mm. means the families probably for generations have had this like this continuous loop, this continuous circle, some would say, of, you know, like falling in love with one another and then one of them tragically dying, both of them tragically dying, and then the next generation falling into the same pattern. That makes sense. Because also then I was trying to think, so obviously the parents that all died were the ones like really in the circle. And the surviving parents were they, they all know about it. So obviously they're witches too, but obviously they weren't in the circle circle. And we need these six people from these six lines to be together to have the actual circle circle. So I do think that's probably where it supports your, we have the emperor marrying duchies yeah. theory, but it's just, they weren't very clear. They seem to be implying, trying to imply a whole lot. And I just, I wasn't here for it. It's, it's the beginning of a series. You know, we have 21 more episodes to figure this out. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to bring them. I'm not going to drag them over the coals yet. I, I have hope. I had a good time. It gave me some major nostalgia, teenage angst, YA fiction, good time vibes that I was digging I, I liked the magic that we saw at the beginning. Once again, the murder of Amelia was fucking epic. And um, yeah, I just, I had a good time. Yeah, me too, overall. Uh, however, I'll move on to our deep dive. Deep dive. Because I'm so excited. We're deep diving fire magic because lo and behold, it's a big thing they do in this season. In this what? episode, I mean, they actually do magic throughout the TV show. No. <laughs> Are you sure it's not mushrooms because someone was really, really sad? <sighs> yeah, so anywho, so I've talked a lot about fire magic, just sort of in tangent with others things on our deep dives. But I don't believe we've straight up just deep dive fire magic we're gonna do that now because lo and behold your girl prefers fire magic um what you the aries never <laughs> yeah uh so fire magic primarily is used for like cleansings uh aka purifyings that might be easier for you to think on it. Um, it's big part of energy for spells. I feel like honestly, um, especially in, in my own spell work, I don't just strictly do fire stuff. It's fire is used to give the energy to the rest of the spell. Um, uh, and then unfortunately, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of practical uses. Uh, it's sex magic. <laughs> uh new listeners old listeners you've heard this uh so one of my big issues with my land for salem was the use of sex magic as a magical battery like, which it is everywhere. it really is in real life uh 
but I think that's the cheapest road to go. And that's, I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. You, <laughs> there's no real effort. You're not, you're being a shitty witch if you're using <laughs> sex magic as your energy. Just put in a little goddamn effort magically. It's not that hard. Sex magic's a good, like, energy from the sex magic is uh, the happy bright product of just having sex. Consensual, enjoyable sex. And I'm going to stop ranting now before I go on for a long time. Um, You're more interested in this. Just go listen to season one of Motherland Fort Salem. We rant about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, especially episode three and four, I believe, is when I really start into it because that's when it comes up. Uh, fire magic again. I like to use it mostly as like the energy portion of a lot of my spells. Um, it's really easy to incorporate because just light a candle, um, sit by your fireplace. If you're in California, you know, the energy from all the wildfires, it's really good for this, but also really dangerous. So be really safe and maybe don't use it because that's a lot of energy and that's really hard to channel, to be honest. But it's out there. I am of the opinion. I like that if you're using fire magic, light a candle, red especially, um, use matches. Like you can use a lighter, it's cool. I just think you get more of a connection with it if you use matches. There's some people I've talked to that no, flint and steel. You just gotta you gotta go real old fashioned. I'm like, I, I don't have the patience for that. We're not that hardcore. <laughs> yeah, match, match is good. Um there's a lot of herbs associated with fire. Like, um, and of course a lot of herbs. For your spell work um they cross over oh yeah which is fine but like all the ones not all the ones i use a lot of them that i use um barks actually of trees tend to be under the fire realm because they typically you know they protect from fire they also of course cross over with earth a lot because they protect from fire um Basil's a big one. I, you know, obviously like the things that have a uh, big energy in just normal everyday life, like cacti, you're always going to know when a cactus is near. Mm-hmm. Uh, chili peppers. Uh, I use red chili pepper a lot. Yeah, that one's a real good one because especially pizza places don't always hand them out anymore, but just those little packets you get from just buying a to go pizza my Boom. god i have an entire drawer full what are you talking about i never need to buy red chili flakes again oh same but i haven't gotten any from pizza places in like a while oh i did like it's last just week. <laughs> old flakes that because they used to give them out by the handful and you only need like one for a pizza yeah round table still does at least in california let me tell you if you're like i really never want to buy red chili flakes again in my life but i love pizza round table like uh my local and domino's have not given me any uh not that i'm salty about it it's fine 
Just saying. Fun fact for you all. No, I think we're a little salty about it. <laughs> um, one that actually a lot of people don't think of, but um, has come up in my spell work. Uh, coffee beans is a, a fire herb, technically. I was going to say coffee but, too. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I've straight up used coffee grounds. I Technically, it's a little better if you use like the whole bean, but I like to have um, a lot of aromatherapy stuff tied into everything I do. So I use coffee grounds, um, a little easier to disperse throughout the rest of my ingredients as well. Anywho, those are just named a few. There's tons. You could literally Google it and like I've got a good section of my spell book listing out herbs. It's like I just switched to really small ones. So now it's like 50 billion pages. It's just herbs. Um, but in my my old one, it's like five by seven and it's still like four pages. And I did not include a lot of stuff. So it's out there. Um, I don't typically use a lot of crystals for anything, but if that floats your boat, um, Jasper is a good one to use for fire signs, um, you know, obsidian, um, pumice, honestly, you know, like it's a lava rock and then quartz, quartz is good for everything. Most so. most stones that would be like lava formed or lava pressure formed are going to be your fire stones. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I can get into some spells, but other just basic things, fire element that if you want to just work on, um, it aligns with south on the compass. Typically, you know, it's the summer is the height of it. Um, typically like definitely in our circle way back when, and I think it is a little bit more universal with fire signs. It's more of like a knife dagger athame sort of attraction. Yep. So, um, yeah, you are very much correct there. That is common. Good. Glad it's not just me. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, like, if you want to think of animals, I don't know how y'all focus on your magic. There's a lot of different ways to do it. If you want to think animals, you know, again, like scorpion and bees and things that, uh, get a little prickly sometimes is that are cute, but get a little prickly sometimes that's, that's your fire people. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I've been ranting for a while. You got anything, Nikki, before I maybe go into any favorite spells or anything? I mean, it's your element. So I was just happy to hear you excited. Um, Yeah, a small part of me, like, I kind of forgot we haven't done a deep dive in fire magic. And I was kind of sad we'd already done our deep dive in Brimrars because I feel like this was like the episode for that. But then we already did it. And as you brought your grimoire up, I was like, all right, remember when we did that? Lovely time. Um, yeah, I also really like fire magic as an air girl. I feel like that's like my kind of sister element, I guess, as weird as that sounds like they're kind of linked to one another. You know, you, a fire can't 
burn without air. So I'm that's those are my peeps. Uh, the only things I could really think of that uh, we didn't really talk about before is zodiac signs. If you're interested in that stuff, Greek zodiac specific. Uh, the three who are in zodiac symbology are Aries, Sagittarius, and Leo. Uh, fun fact, most of my best friends are those signs. So that says a lot about me as a person. Um, other magic that is associated with it, uh, other than lust and banishing and cleansing and all that, is actually offensive magic, which brings us back to what you were saying about, like, athames, I feel like are very, like, very big in fire magic. That's common. Like, the, the ability to have, like, an offensive material in your spellcraft is very big in fire magic. And in some Wiccan practices or pagan practices, it said that you should always have um, fire on your altar, that that's like without question. So you should always have, even if it's not lit, a candle presented on your altar. If you are someone who likes to keep an altar, that's just something to keep in mind. Um, obviously, colors associated with fire magic, red, go for the reds. It is also shockingly one of the easiest color candles to find in this whole goddamn world. It's when you're a freaking air user like me and it's like, go get a yellow candle that the world comes for you and laughs. Uh, other things that I kind of found interesting about fire magic is where I kind of brought this up with air magic, how air is kind of associated with the mind and creativity and blood. Uh, fire is more associated with like lust, passion, and the heart in that way. It's, you know, it's the primal instinct magic, I suppose, the best way I could describe it. It's like that base burning passion energy that should sustain you, which is why you bring it up a lot for energy work, as you were saying. Um, that's usually why I use it for when you're like, oh, no one uses coffee. I use coffee because I need the energy in my magic because most of my magic is air-based and that's not very energetic. So I try to give it a, give it an oomph, give it a boost, uh, with red pepper flakes, coffee, uh, cloves are the other big ones I use. I can't tell you how many fucking cloves I go through in my life. And, uh, this is also a fun fact for people. If you're going to use cloves and magic, if you want to use whole cloves, make sure you have a solid mortar and pestle because those things are a bitch. Yeah, they're rough. Um, I fucking hate cloves. I love Just, using cloves. I ugh. use cloves for everything. They're really easy. They're really good for, I mean, adding into spells. But I just like, I hate them in everyday life. So I refuse to use them in my magic. Oh no, I use them so much. I love them. Oh. Uh, the only other things I could add to it is when you were bringing up animals is surprise, surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. Other animals associated with fire magic are lions and rams and horses, <laughs> AKA Leo, Sagittarius's and Aries. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and finally, planets, if you're into space or astronomy magic, that would be associated with the zodiac signs are basically Saturn, the sun, and Mars. So if you're trying to do magic and you're more based on astrological astronomy time, 
and you want to have like a planet in a certain position, usually you're going to want Mars in a certain house or be at a certain position around the sun. Hence, like summer is fire magic season. And um, sometimes Saturn is the other thing you want in your house. I think it's Saturn. Am I crazy? Um, I don't recall. I thought Venus was one, but no, Venus is ruled by air. That's my point. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't pay attention to them that much. Honestly, I'm not yeah, a planetary person. Venus is ruled by the Libras and the Tauruses. We have to share a goddamn planet. I don't know why they were like, let's have the air symbols and the earth symbols, the most stubborn Taurus sign, the fucking bull, and the diplomats share a planet. I'm shocked Venus still exists. For funsies. Someone Um, really hated Libras and Tauruses. I don't know who, but I blame ancient Greece. Okay. Anywho. I'm really glad to hear though that you use um, coffee beans because yeah, when I've said that before, like I always get like crickets, but I just feel like it's like one of the more natural ingredients for just, oh, I need something for a little energy boost. Even if you're not thinking in terms of elements, like you and I usually do. Um, Oh, people drink coffee energy. Let's use coffee. I've used coffee grounds. I don't usually have whole coffee beans in the house because I don't have a coffee bean grinder in the house. So like, that's just not an option. And I've also used black tea. Because um, yeah. I've had just like Lipton black tea bags in the house. So literally I've just cut them open and spilled them out. And they also work great. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, I mean, I feel like I incorporate fire in everything I do because it's my jam. But uh, in particular, I uh, there's so many spells for like, if you're trying to conceive, do a fire spell. Um, Trying to spice up your love life, do a fire spell. Trying to get a person to like you, do a fire spell. Not always so fan, so much of a fan of those because it relates back to like conceiving happy to do that um it's more of i don't like the i like so and so i'm gonna do the spell for them to like me too because i feel like that's a conflict of free will which also falls in line with like don't do a money spell because that money has to come from somewhere and so you're by putting in your account you're taking away from someone else who potentially needs it too so you just careful with wording basically so like on the as we discussed before money spell you know do a spell for more work so you get more money through a paycheck those sorts of things um instead of doing a fire spell to get someone to like you you can do a fire spell for like balancing out your aura and confidence booster more those factors um they also work obviously really well in banishments uh let's see again purifying um works really well for illusions because you have to have usually a little bit more energy a little more passion to maintain illusions so 
it's also like um illusion magic is you know magic that is to change and morph something and that's usually what fire is attributed to it's like ch- the changing of one substance to another so usually through like burning it but you know like that also creates diamonds so like that's the theory behind it so i've seen mm-hmm. it associate a lot with uh change magic or like to attract like change or break addictions and stuff like that yep exactly and you know usual cautionary tale uh fire creates but fire destroys so it is definitely a double-edged sword and can get away from you very quickly um i never do fire by itself i am a fire sign i associate very heavily with the fire element i don't do flame by itself um at the very least do some earth with it ground yourself um i always like to call in all the elements honestly because i just like the full balance spirit included but if you're gonna do a fire spell bare minimum i do think you should have you know the fire the earth and the spirit water's good to have too. help a little extra balance and at that point if you're gonna do all those might as well just throw in air but tomato tomato you do you boo thanks throw me in (laughs) throw me in mom i'm ready okay i could obviously go on for a very long time about this but those are the main things i want to cover thank you for coming to my ted talk (laughs) fire magic thank you for our ted talk yeah well i don't think i had much more than that as we have said on multiple podcasts you are the resident fire girl uh, for those who are your new, uh, yeah, she's the resident fire girl. I'm the resident air girl. Together, we don't swim. No. <laughs> Something to live by. I literally keep moving to houses on lakes, too, for some reason. I realize. I'm on the coast. <laughs> and do not swim. Um, we're oh, not swimmers real quickly actually one thing that a lot of people don't connect in their minds uh what you said on the planet the sun so you want to balance out refill your your flame stores internally go sit in the sun enjoy the warmth of it put your spell work in a beam of sunlight put a jar of water in the beam of sun you know we how we do moon water moon new moon purification etc you can do the same thing with the sun helps with the fire that actually does also remind me to um, another plant sunflowers are excellent for firework and if you don't have a full sunflower sunflower seeds go buy them at your local trader joe's not sponsored (laughs) anywho so we are witches on the couch nikki what are you drinking tonight uh, so tonight I've just been sipping on a rosé. It's actually quite sweet. Oh. Uh, which is fine. I actually don't really mind sweet wines. Like, especially this, we, we're recording kind of late at night. So I'm like, dessert. Um, so it's fine. It's just your basic kind of sweet rosé wine. I've been enjoying it. Uh, yeah, nothing too, nothing too special. Uh, unlike Motherland Fort Salem, I didn't feel like I needed to like, 
crack into the whiskey to get through this goddamn episode. Uh, I just enjoyed it and had a nice time. And then was like, I'm just have a lovely glass of wine and talk about what a good time I had with my friends. And it was great. Uh, that being said, Jade, what are, what have you been drinking this week? Uh, so I got a local brewing company, Legal Draft Co. Draft Beer Co. Sorry. Um, Legal Holiday is what this one's called. One of their seasonals. Uh, winter warmer. I don't know what kind of beer it is. I assume a porter, but uh, very molassesy, very like sort of spicy. Mm. It was pretty good. Also, it is eight point four percent alcohol, which is kind of a lot for beer, and I didn't realize that when I started drinking it. So that's also why this episode got real fun. I once upon a time stumbled around a Sauvignon Blanc that was 15%. Wow. I couldn't figure out why I kept getting accidentally drunk. And then one day I like looked at the bottle because I'd have like one glass and I was, I was trashed. And I was like, how? And I looked at the bottle. I was like, oh my God, why? Yeah, <laughs> Never man. seen it since. I had one bottle once that disappeared from the stores. Real good, uh, real good year. <laughs> Anywho, in case you're not having a real good year, we understand. If you're having such a bad year, or week, or month, or day, honestly, mood shift. Um, if you're so bad though that you are contemplating suicide, don't you fucking dare. Um, please. Take a moment. You can call a suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. You can also now text 24-7, text HELP to 741-741 for that crisis hotline. Uh, you can walk into a local ER and say, I'm having suicidal ideations. And they can get you checked in and talking to someone as well. It is, suicide is never the answer. Just it never is. It's so hard to talk about all the issues too, especially when you're that deep dark down, but I've been quite there, thankfully, but been deep dark down. Once you get started, it does really help to talk to people. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. was gonna try and make a full circle joke and it just it didn't it didn't happen <laughs> that's my thing <laughs> i do not want to go full circle on this aspect thank you yeah thank you everyone for joining us for our new show that we just started uh as we have officially basically surrendered uh motherland fort salem we can't do it anymore we're sorry we just we can't it's it it won <laughs> we admit it we've given up this is the moment but also we are very excited to start secret circle this was a suggestion from of our listeners so if you have other suggestions you can also follow comment and dm or like us on instagram where we're also just which is on the couch and you know it's always great to have suggestions because a we'll do them and b uh you know we're like limited in shows we know as well or like media and books we know as well so if you know something great that you want to hear us talk about it's it's fun for us to get to try something new experience something new that we don't have to go like completely searching for in the dark depths of the internet for so 
thank you for that. And thank you for listening to this new episode of this new show. So make sure to like, comment, subscribe, review, whatever you need to do to help Wandering Witches uh, find this podcast. Thanks for listening to us on this morning, evening, afternoon, night, whenever you tend to be listening to your podcast these days. We are at an excellent time. We are going to probably keep going on this show and see what it has in the future held for us because I'm intrigued. I'm enthralled. I love it. And we will see you all next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.